Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And uh, good to see the world is still in one piece for now. Uh, if you're watching this in the future, there used to be a thing called elections. We used to actually vote for the president. And um, sometimes there would be some discrepancies about vote counts. And obviously, if you're watching this from the, the future, uh, society and elections and democracy and civilization itself has obviously probably been canceled by your time. Uh, say hello to everyone at the space station and enjoy floating aimlessly towards the sun. But anyway, back to this current year and date. Uh, so it's been a very, very hectic and confusing. I don't know if confusing is even the right word. It's been kind of uh, clarifying for me. I'm, I've been sort of realizing things, watching the way Trump is handling himself the last couple of days. I'm sort of starting to see what people have been talking about the last few years. Um, and I got into that yesterday with Nikos, and we'll get more into it today. We're waiting on Jonathan Honig. Uh, hopefully there's no vo voter fraud keeping him from joining us very soon. But for now, not even voter fraud could, could stop this guy from making it today. The man, the myth, you know him, you've seen him on the, on the big and small screen, Mark Pellegrino. What's up? So how do you feel about the last uh, day or two? How, what do you, what's your take on things? I feel anesthetized. I feel like um, I don't know what the truth is anymore, but I've been feeling that for the past three and a half years. You <laughs> so, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, you don't know what the truth is in what respect? I think, I think uh, the respective popular media outlets are so polarized and so, and so, um, partisan that each side prop propagates its notions and conspiracies with vigor. Um, and I have to go outside any mainstream news source to try to find the truth, if that's even possible. Um, so I'm sort of I'm sort of wedged between two sides screaming the other side is responsible for all the ills of the world and I'm, I'm becoming numb. Interesting, because uh, on this journey I've been the last few days, I've sort of realized that alternative news is kind of what got us into this mess. You know, it's mm. kind of starting to look like the sort of establishment <clears throat> are the adults in the room. By establishment, I mean the people counting the votes. Look, it's a bipartisan, multipartisan uh, entity. It's got checks and balances, I'm sure. People really don't want the other side to get away with fudging the numbers. And uh, there, it, there is a system in place for counting votes. I didn't create it. I'm not in charge of it. But I got to think to the extent we bother voting at all, we understand that it has some sort of checks and balances. And the minute that anytime Biden gets one vote, what I see on Twitter is people acting like literally the uh, panelists and pundits working at, at MSNBC and the Young Turks and Huffington Post are literally the same people counting votes and deciding which ones get thrown into the trash and which ones get counted. It's 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 just all right. You're saying you're, but you're acting as if that's a, a completely unreasonable assumption. And is it, it completely unreasonable? What evidence is there that leftists are in charge of counting votes? Well, leftists are in charge of educational institutions that that sort of determine language, determine our our notions of right and wrong, our essential our essential ethics, and and they've been dictating the language that we all use now. 
So why is it uh, entirely presumptuous to assume that a vote counter might not be animated by prejudice, think that prejudice is completely okay given their ethical framework, which they've been learning from kindergarten to 12th, 12th grade and beyond. Because, because a vote counter, a, an individual vote counter does not have the, uh, the autonomy to just decide who the next president is. There are people watching the people counting. There are people watching the people watching. The my people point counting. is, my point is, my point is, is there, if there's anything systemic in our country, it's it's a systemic dissemination of ideas and values. That's a that to me is a fact. And you you mean to tell me that somebody can't be animated animated by those ideas to put put their fingers on the scales? I don't know. Is it reasonable to say that a Republican poll watcher should be six feet away from the action as opposed to twenty five feet away? Um, is that a reasonable argument to make? It may be. I'm not, I, can, can you see what's going on from 25 feet as well as you can see it from six feet? If there's issues with that, fine. I understand. I mean, are you, are you learned on how, what takes place in these vote counting places? Because the first time I heard about this six feet versus 20 feet was today. And I'm not sure that all vote counting places around the country have this 20 foot distance. I, I mean, oh, I'm sure I'm sure that one of the things that I like about our system, it's a federalist system. So states have different standards about that kind of thing. Um, I think this was with respect to Philadelphia. Right. Um, is this wasn't this a controversy in Philadelphia, wh whether they should be allowed to stay within 25 or. It just seems like a feet. very selective detail that people are zooming in on. And this is what I see on social media. And by the way, yeah. what, we've got a Republican majority in the Senate or the Congress? Which one is it? The House? The, the Republicans apparently can can uh, can slip through this very intensely leftist run vote counting system and uh, completely set it up so that Biden won't be able to pass anything without an executive order. Like he won't be able to pass anything through the House. But 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 these same people who are letting the House become Republican are creating millions upon millions of votes in Biden's favor. And it's all fake. I mean, we got to be realistic. We can't just accept any arbitrary claim made by anyone on Twitter who feels they're it's all feeling when there's no evidence. It's feeling to just say any vote for Biden is fake and any vote for Trump is legitimate. There's you well, need to certainly look at that is certainly mm -hmm. that is certainly that's just feeling. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure that all of the specific cases are necessarily wrong. I'm, you have to, you have to show me that they are. I mean, you have to show me that any. By the way, that any voter fraud. When I see like a dead person voted from twenty, someone who's been dead for ten years, that you look them up according according to a tweet, you look them up, and that person voted again. There's no verification process to know if this tweet is based on fact. But let's say it's true. How do we know they voted Democrat? Like, I mean, anytime there's a, there's there's the allegation of voter fraud, it's just presumed. Oh, Democrats are base are puppet masters. But these same Republicans who have become the party of Alex Jones, in my opinion, who have become the party of conspiracy minded people who see a conspiracy and every time a shadow passes by that they these are the same people they would never dream of faking a vote. The people who think that every Democrat is Hitler who think that every Democrat is going to uh, send us all into re-education. Wait, wait, wait. I thought it was I thought it was Democrats who also thought 
that Republicans were all racist, sexist, misogynists, yes. misogynists, and Trump was the equivalent of Hitler. So there's hyperbole everywhere. That's why yes. I'm saying I'm numb to it. I've been battered and over the <clears throat> head by conspiracies from the left and conspiracies by the, by the right, and I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm not, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that Democrats don't act hyperbolic either. I'm saying when it comes to counting votes, why do we? Oh, why do people just assume any voter fraud must be on the in the Democrats' favor? I'm just. I'm I just, think I'm because just, I think because they've been openly ends justify the means. Uh, it's of course you can't paint everybody with a broad brush, but the militant partisans have been ends justify the means. Uh, ethics guided guided by that type of ethics. So it's it's not unreasonable to presume that they'd put their fingers on the scales. And the, and the media that's in the bag with the left has been putting their fingers on the scales. They've refused, they've refused to, um, to, uh, to, to post some legitimate news as news and they've, and they've chosen to magnify other types of news that turned out to be completely fake and fraudulent. That to me indicates and ends justifies the means mentality. And I have here 10 leftist conspiracy theories, all of which are pretty uh, interesting. So I don't think the right has a monopoly on that. I mean, I'm not trying to be the whataboutism guy. No, I'm trying to me either. I'm mainstream saying, sucks. You're, you're saying it's both parties. And I'm saying I agree it's both parties. But when it comes to counting votes, why is there this widespread assumption that leftists, that a bunch of leftist Democrats are, are in charge of the voting uh, counting process? That's all I'm saying. And, 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 and being the ends justify the means uh, group that is the left raises them one rung of hell from the people who have completely dispensed from reality and following Donald Trump to the edge of the earth. By the way, Jonathan Honig, nice of you True. to join us. Uh, sorry, <laughs> we're, out of time. <laughs> we're out of time, Jonathan, but you look great. Okay, Jonathan, how do you feel about that? No, thanks, Rucka. No, and, th and thanks for having me as well. I mean, I, you know, and I share your frustration, Rucka. You know, uh, Marcus mentioned something about putting one's thumbs on the scale to favor the Democrats are the favor of the Republicans. And you know, implied in that is the assumption that there's a difference, right, between, and, and, and Rucka, what I think you're identifying, I'm hearing is this, that same tribalism that says the ends justifies the means, as long as so-called my side wins, then throw truth out the window, throw reason out the window, throw reality out the window. And you know, there's often this uh, association with Ayn Rand with Republicans. Now, if you know anything about Ayn Rand, the person, you know, she, spoke out against conservatives going back, I believe, to the 1960s, certainly the 1970s. She did not vote for Ronald Reagan. So she's uh, uh, kind of refuted and, and, and uh, put off a lot of those characterizations. But I think, in my, from my perspective, to, to, to be an objectivist is to be an independent thinker. It's not to be on the right or the left. I don't think those things mean any, especially times like this, when what you should want, in my mind, is to get an accurate count. You know, we always say, you know, you can't fake reality. And on some level, if someone did gets into office based on fraudulent means. I mean, it's always going to haunt them. And it's always, I think, going to haunt their presidency or their some leadership. So no matter what side you're on right now, what we should want is an accurate, realistic count. And then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. That's my POV. I does agree. That include, does yeah. that include court cases? Does that include taking recounts? Does that include some of the stuff that this boorish... Uh, egomaniac Trump will be will be certainly pushing in the future. Well, you know, I, I'll just say, Mark, you know, I was up as many of us were, I think, overnight watching uh, the election results. And, you know, when the president started talking about how I think it was, you know, in the middle of the night, this is a fraud. Uh, there's election fraud going on. I and mean, you saw the, the markets just plummet. Uh, now, Joe Biden and for the record, I didn't vote for the president or Joe Biden. 
you know, Joe Biden talked to, from what I heard about essentially confidence in the system, let the system pay out. And, you know, our founders were so brilliant. I think they foresaw a lot of that in the way that they structured this economy. So, uh, you know, don't let one's allegiance be to this side or that side. Let your allegiance be to Americanism uh, and be to your own perspective. And, and no, I think we're strong enough to, to survive either Joe Biden or Donald Trump as president. I think the American sense of life is still that strong. So we should want the truth. And Mark, I guess, quick answer to your point, there'll be court, uh, there'll be court cases for sure. There, weren't, there was in 2000 as well. But when something is decided, accept it and move on and truly get this country back on track. That's true. Yeah. But, and I wonder if Trump has, the, has the, at least the civility that Gore had to let it go at a certain point. Let's hope he has that. Mm -hmm. Jonathan mentioned uh, Americanism. For more on that, order a textbook of Americanism, as you can see behind Jonathan. Lest you think Americanism means the individual is subservient to the so-called interests of the nation with the Lord Emperor Donnie Trump as the voice of the people. That is not at all what Jonathan yeah. means. Yeah, I mean, Bobby isn't that... Jonathan. I ideally, I mean, you'd think that a politics shouldn't play such a huge role in our life. I mean... The beauty of the country is that the role of government is very delimited in a, in a rational society. There's not much that they can do. Uh, but these days, the government can do whatever it wants. It could buy corporate bonds. It can bail out this one or that one. They can print money. They can go to where they can do whatever they want to do. So unfortunately, we have to be involved in making these decisions because we've allowed our government to get so big or powerful, both the right and the left. And the way to change America is to study philosophy and to understand uh, what it means to know what, what reality is and how do I know it? And what is the relationship between my mind and, the, when, and everything that exists? And that is philosophy. And you can see what happens when people don't have that. So seeing Trump sort of declare victory on election night was sort of like the final piece of the puzzle for me that it, it took me this long to really, really grasp kind of what freaks people out about Trump so much. Now, not all people who hate Trump hate him for the same reasons that I'm that I currently hate him. But but I'm I'm, I'm finally <laughs> getting it. Why people were calling him the conspiracy president. Why people were so upset by his temperament. Seeing him declare victory, I realized this guy, first of all, he has no respect for the um just the rule of law. Just the um the uh, the the he has no reverence for the office in which he serves, but also um, just reality as such. He can just decide oh, there's voter fraud. And then you see on Twitter, he, he'll re start retweeting Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire with a screenshot that shows so a very temporary uh, glitch in the system. Anytime you have numbers reporting, I spoke about this yesterday. Anytime you're getting numbers reported, there's going to be a moment you can screenshot and say, oh, look, this is fake. And it was quickly fixed and we can all move on. But no, Trump is retweeting it and there's no walking it back once once it's out there. And, and Ben Shapiro is getting involved with this now. The shell of what used to be Shapiro, what used to be a voice of prudence and, you know, temperament is is now he, he's on his last stand. Because like I mentioned yesterday, as soon as Trump is over, as soon as Donald Trump is out, People like Shapiro need to look at, at what he's become. He needs to look at the people around him and say, was it worth it? Um, but the, again, the point I made, I'm making is just anytime people just decide there's voter fraud, they just run with it. So what role does reality play if people have their mind made up? What, is it, what does voter fraud even mean if you get to just declare that it exists without, without finding any evidence? You, what, I hear you, what I hear you making, Rucka, is this what Rand talks about, primacy of consciousness. 
in privacy of existence, right? And, I mean, Rand touched on all this and all these issues in so many interesting ways. And, you know, I, uh, you probably are better skilled at defining this than I am, but primacy of consciousness is basically saying whatever the world is, is what I make up in my own head. And if I believe it to be true, it is true. Primacy of existence, which objectivism obviously subscribes to, says, no, 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 the, the world exists out there. It is A is A, it is what it is. And I, I've observed exactly what I've said many times with the president. It's almost like he keeps telling him himself something and, and believing that it ultimately will become a fact. And, and, and it's, it's not. So exactly that, see, that primacy, of, primacy of existence. That's what don't you, Yeah, but don't you see this as a, as, a, as a wider social phenomenon as well? As I said in the beginning, education is, is saturating us with primacy of consciousness. So all of these narratives make sense to people who feel, you know, who think feelings are, are, are the tools for dissecting right. reality. So, you know, it gets, it gets purchased with these people. It gets wide purchase. That's why I'm numb. I just can't take it anymore. I, let's let the, what, have we come to any conclusions, Rucka? What about what to do about, about the uh, about this election process about, about what what sh what we should do? I mean, I don't know. Outside. I don't know what we should do. What, what do you've got, Jonathan? Well, I think you know we have an opportunity to be honest. To, you know, uh, um, Craig Biddle with the Objective Standard. I was a subscriber from way on, and he had a T-shirt that I still have that said something effective. Objectivism is the rational alternative to liberalism and conservatism, and I I still feel like that, and I still feel like. The three of us and objectivism writ large has the anecdote. It, it's the anecdote for the right. It could even be the anecdote of the left. You know, maybe the, the left, it could be so-called, you know, the so-called left could be fed up with Antifa and say, you know, you need some new ideas. And it all comes back to what we always stress is that it comes back to those fundamental ideas. Whoever wins is not gonna change the, the status direction that this country is moving. So, you know, we're, we're, that's what we're trying to do with our, our show here and what the Ayn Rand Center UK is, is trying to do is to reach out to uh, Britons and, and people all over the world and change the way they think. Then we get the politicians that, that we wanted. You know, back in the Tea Party era, there was a lot of Americans who said, get government out of my life, get government out of my healthcare. And that's why we got those so-called Tea Party candidates. No one believes that now, no one believes in treatment. So we got our work cut out of us. You know, it starts with education. That's what we're doing every day. That's right. And uh, Donald Trump initially tapped into that Tea Party energy and he saw there was a lot, a lot of sort of fear of Obama and what he could do to the country. And a lot of people were sort of they, they, they saw Obama as like an anti-American president and probably with good reason. And Trump tapped into that and he said, oh, China is taking advantage of us. Uh, our military is just, you know, we, we should be making deals with with uh, Gaddafi, with uh, with all these other countries and say, oh, you well, our military will help you if you give us your oil. Like he was starting to speak as though, like about American self-interest, but not like we would have it as in capitalism and in individual rights, more like we have a military for hire and we're going to screw China before China screws us. He was tapping into a lot of that energy and kind of redirecting people's emotions towards himself. And he was tapping into the conspiratorial side of the culture, the, the sort of people with uncertainty looking for answers. And Trump would say like, Obama wasn't probably wasn't born here. Like, where's his birth certificate? Show us the birth certificate. I have the best people. I have the best people, he said, looking into this there. You would not be believe what they're finding. He would say things like that. He would say once Obama then produced his birth certificate, Trump said, oh, I've got people looking at this document and they have some questions. Believe me, I have the best people looking at this at the time. You know, this was 10 years ago. I was younger. I was feeling like maybe Trump's onto something. Like maybe I don't know. Maybe China is screwing us. Maybe um, 
maybe Obama really wasn't born here. Not, not that that should really matter where Obama was born. What matters is the principles of the president. But, um, well, I, 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 can I follow? but, but like, but, but the fact, oh, hold on, sorry. Just the fact he was sorry. able to, to, to get me to kind of think maybe he's onto something. And I was already a fan of Ayn Rand. I was already into capitalism and I was sort of feeling like, yeah, you know what? Let Trump run for president. Maybe he, how bad can he be? I get it. But this is why like, ph uh, like philosophy matters. This is why we need to sort of integrate and really understand um, what it all means. Sorry, John. Yeah, thank no, quick, thank God I was never on his page. Two, two, two examples, you know, back with the Tea Party movement, I said something that, you know, sounded a little harsh at the time. This was in probably 2008. I said two things. We should buy American is un-American. And I said, why should I have to pay for Joe Biden's brain aneurysms? Now, you know, it's a little bit cutting. Obviously, Joe Biden had had a couple brain aneurysms. But the idea that why should you have to pay for someone else's health care? Here we are now. What is it? Uh, 20, 15, 15 years later, people say, oh, buy American, un-American is now the right agree with that. They think you should buy American before they didn't. And they still buy into that altruism that ultimately we have to pay for other people's health care. So we, we're still rooted in that altruism of self-sacrifice for the so-called greater good, uh, so-called American good. And, and as objectivists, we're all about our individual rights to our own life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That's what we're doing, not at anyone's expense, but that interest in your own happiness, that selfish interest is still so foreign out there. We, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, mm. there's a lot, there was, there's this ongoing battle for the soul of conservatism happening for a while. There was always the more like the, um, the uh, sort of um, like capitalist constitutionalist side of conservatism. And then there was more of like this nationalist protectionist side. And you know, Trump represents the latter and people resisted him on the right. They really didn't want Trump to become the nominee and and the and then the Republican president, but once Trump got in, like we're all you know quote we're all nationalists now we're all Trumpers now we meaning not us but people on the right uh, yeah. Republicans virtually all of them are, and uh, they need to live with themselves after this is all over. That, that's why I'm gloating. I, I suspect I suspect they'll be just fine. I suspect they don't have enough introspection to really learn a lesson. Well, George Will had the this. comment that after the election, after Trump loses, this was months ago, George Will said, people are going to say, Trump? Huh, never heard of him. Oh, I didn't know that guy. I never supported him. There's going to be a lot of revisionist history that goes okay, on. Okay, yeah, after I can the see that. I mean, yeah, and that's what Republicans do with George Bush. There was a time when everyone on the right was swore that the Iraq war was the most rational, you know, uh, coherent thing you could possibly hope for in response to 9-11. And of course, Today, they're all embarrassed uh, by it, including Tucker Carlson, by the way. He was on CNN arguing with the, uh, the other guy on Crossfire. He was a, tr he was a Bush guy. Tucker yeah. Carlson was a neocon or whatever he was. He was into the Republican Party. Today, he acts like it has nothing to do with him. But anyway, guys, this is everyone's favorite 20-minute show that we try to keep under 30 minutes. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Uh, I'm sure there'll be much more to discuss tomorrow and next week. Um, as Nikos mentioned yesterday, the Chinese curse goes, may you live during interesting times. Thank you for joining us, Jonathan. Nice of you to make it, Jonathan. I'm just, I'm just, I know you're a busy guy. Uh, Mark, maybe not as busy during the lockdown, but still a busy guy, I'm sure. Thank you for making it and thank Thanks, me man. for Thanks, making guys. it. And thank you all at home for making it. Please try to retain your sanity and read Ayn Rand. Goodbye. Bye.